It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud. The new web hosting plan from Bluehost, with 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Stories for the Road. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and today we continue with the Mark of Zorro. Chapter 27. Orders for Arrest Captain Ramon's courier, sent north with the letter for the governor, had dreams of happy times in San Francisco de Assis before returning to his presidio at Reina de Los Angeles. He knew a certain senorita there whose beauty caused his heart to burn— so he rode like a fiend after leaving his commandante's office, changed mounts at San Fernando and at a hacienda along the way, and galloped into Santa Barbara a certain evening just at dusk with the intention of changing horses again, getting meat and bread and wine at the Presidio, and rushing on his way. And at Santa Barbara his hopes of basking in the senorita's smiles at San Francisco de Assis were cruelly shattered, for before the door of the Presidio there was a gorgeous carriage that made Don Diego's appear like a careta, and a score of horses were tethered there, and more troopers than were stationed at Santa Barbara regularly moved about the highway, laughing and jesting with one another. The governor was here, in Santa Barbara. His Excellency had left San Francisco de Assis some days before on a trip of inspection, and intended to go as far south as San Diego de Alcala, strengthening his political fences, rewarding his friends, and awarding punishment to his enemies. He had reached Santa Barbara an hour before, and was listening to the report of the commandante there, after which he intended remaining during the night with a friend. His troopers were to be given quarters at the Presidio, of course, and the journey was to continue on the morrow. Captain Ramon's courier had been told that the letter he carried was of the utmost importance, and so he hurried to the office of the commandante and entered it like a man of rank. "'I come from Captain Ramon, commandante at Reina de los Angeles, with a letter of importance for His Excellency,' he reported." "'standing stiffly at salute. "'The governor grunted and took the letter, "'and the commandante motioned for the courier to withdraw. "'His excellency read the letter with speed, "'and when he had finished there was an unholy gleam in his eyes, 
"'and he twirled his moustache with every evidence of keen satisfaction. "'And then he read the letter again, and frowned. "'He liked the thought that he could crush Don Carlos Pulido more. "'But he disliked to think that Signor Zorro, "'the man who had affronted him, was still at liberty. "'He got up and paced the floor for a time, "'and then whirled upon the commandante. "'I shall leave for the south at sunrise,' he said. "'My presence is urgently needed at Reina de los Angeles. "'You will attend to things.' "'Tell that courier he shall ride back with my escort. "'I go now to the house of my friend.' "'And so in the morning the governor started south, "'his escort of twenty picked troopers surrounded him, "'the courier in their midst. "'He traveled swiftly, "'and on a certain day at mid-morning "'entered the plaza of Reina de los Angeles unheralded. "'It was the same morning that Don Diego rode to the Pulido Hacienda "'in his carriage, taking his guitar with him. "'The cavalcade stopped before the tavern, and the fat landlord almost suffered an apoplexy because he had not been warned of the governor's coming, and was afraid he would enter the inn and find it in a dirty state. But the governor made no effort to leave his carriage and enter the tavern. He was glancing around the square, observing many things. He never felt secure concerning the men of rank in this pueblo. He felt that he did not have the proper grip on them. Now he watched carefully as news of his arrival was spread, and certain caballeros hurried to the plaza to greet him and make him welcome. He noted those who appeared to be sincere, observed those who were in no particular haste to salute him, and noticed that several were absent. Business must receive his first attention, he told them, and he must hasten up to the Presidio. After that he would gladly be the guest of any of them. He accepted an invitation, and ordered his driver to proceed. He was remembering Captain Ramon's letter, and he had not seen Don Diego Vega in the plaza. Sergeant Gonzales and his men were away pursuing Signor Zorro, of course, and so Captain Ramon himself was awaiting His Excellency at the Presidio entrance, and saluted him gravely, and bowed low before him, and ordered the commander of the escort to take charge of the place and police it, stationing guards in honor of the governor. He led His Excellency to the private office, and the governor sat down. "'What is the latest news?' he asked. "'My men are on the trail, Excellency, but as I wrote,' This pest of a Signor Zorro has friends, a legion of them, I take it. My sergeant has reported that twice he found him with a band of followers. They must be broken up, killed off, the governor cried. A man of that sort always can get followers, and yet more followers, until he will be so strong that he can cause us serious trouble. Has he committed any further atrocities? He has, Excellency. Yesterday a fray from San Gabriel was whipped for swindling. Signor Zorro caught the witnesses against him on the high road, and he whipped them almost to death, and then he rode into the Pueblo just at dusk and had the magistrado whipped. My soldiers were away looking for him at the time. It appears that this Signor Zorro knows the movements of my force, and always strikes where the troopers are not. Then spies are giving him warnings? It appears so, Excellency. Last night, some thirty young caballeros rode after him, but did not find track of the scoundrel. They returned this morning. Was Don Diego Vega with them? He did not ride out with them, but he returned with them. It seems that they picked him up at his father's hacienda. You perhaps guessed that I meant the Vegas in my letter. I am convinced now, Your Excellency, that my suspicions in that quarter were unjust. This Signor Zorro even invaded Don Diego's house one night while Don Diego was away. How is this? But Don Carlos Pulido and his family were there. "'Ha! At Don Diego's house. What is the meaning of that?' "'It is amusing. 
said Captain Ramon, laughing lightly. "'I have heard that Don Alejandro ordered Don Diego to get him a wife. "'The young man is not the sort to woo women. "'He is lifeless. "'I know the man. Proceed.' "'So he rides straightway to the hacienda of Don Carlos "'and asks permission to pay his addresses to Don Carlos's only daughter. "'Señor Zorro was abroad, and Don Diego, going to his own hacienda on business, "'asked Don Carlos to come to the Pueblo with his family, "'where it would be safer, and occupy his house until he returned.' The Politos could not refuse, of course, and Senor Zorro, it appears, followed them. Ha! Go on. It is laughable that Don Diego fetched them here to escape Senor Zorro's wrath, when in reality they are hand in glove with the highwayman. Remember, this Senor Zorro had been at the Pulido Hacienda. We got word from a native and almost caught him there. He had been eating a meal. He was hiding in a closet, and while I was alone there and my men searching the trails, he came from the closet. "'ran me through the shoulder from behind, and escaped. "'The low scoundrel!' the governor exclaimed. "'But do you think there will be a marriage between Don Diego and the Senorita Polito?' "'I imagine there need be no worry in that regard, Excellency. "'I am of the opinion that Don Diego's father put a flea in his ear. "'He probably called Don Diego's attention to the fact that Don Carlos "'does not stand very high with your Excellency, "'and that there are daughters of other men who do.' At any rate, the Polidos returned to their hacienda after Don Diego's return. Don Diego called upon me here at the Presidio, and appeared to be anxious that I would not think him a man of treason. I am glad to hear it. The Megas are powerful. They never have been my warm friends, yet never have they raised hands against me, so I cannot complain. It is good sense to keep them friendly, if that be possible. But these Polidos... "'Even the senorita appears to be giving aid to this highwayman,' Captain Ramon said. "'She boasted to me of what she called his courage. "'She sneered at the soldiers. "'Don Carlos Pulido and some of the frails are protecting the man, "'giving him food and drink, hiding him, "'sending him news of the trooper's whereabouts. "'The Pulidos are hindering our efforts to capture the rogue. "'I would have taken steps, but I thought it best to inform you "'and await your decision. "'There can be but one decision in such a case.' "'said the governor loftily. "'No matter who good a man's blood may be, "'or what his rank, "'he cannot be allowed to commit treason "'without suffering the consequences. "'I had thought that Don Carlos had learned his lesson, "'but it appears that he has not. "'Are any of your men in the Presidio?' "'Some who are ill, Excellency. "'That courier of yours returned with my escort. "'Does he know the country well hereabouts?' "'Certainly, Excellency. "'He has been stationed here for some little time. "'Then he can act as guide.' "'Send half my escort at once to the hacienda of Don Carlos Polito. "'Have them arrest the Don and fetch him to Carcel and incarcerate him there. "'That will be a blow to his high blood. "'I've had quite enough of these Politos.' "'And the haughty Doña, who sneered at me, "'and the proud Senorita, who scorned the troopers? "'Ha! It is a good thought. "'It will teach a lesson to all in this locality. "'Have them fetched to jail and incarcerated also,' the governor said." We'll return with Chapter 28 right after these sponsor messages. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And now, The Mark of Zorro, Chapter 28, The Outrage. Don Diego's carriage had just pulled up before his house when a squad of troopers went by it in a cloud of dust. He did not recognize any of them for men he had seen about the tavern. Ha! Huh. "'There are new soldiers on the trail of Signor Zorro?' "'He asked the man standing near. "'They are part of the escort of the governor, Caballero.' "'The governor is here. "'He arrived but a short time ago, Caballero, "'and has gone to the Presidio. "'I suppose they must have fresh news of this highwayman "'to send them riding furiously through the dust and sun like that. "'He appears to be an elusive rascal. "'By the saints! "'Had I been here when the governor arrived, "'no doubt he would have put up at my house.' "'Now some other caballero will have the honor of entertaining him. "'It is much to be regretted.' "'And then Don Diego went into the house, "'and the man who had heard him speak "'did not know whether to doubt the sincerity of that last remark. "'Led by the courier who knew the way, "'the squad of troopers galloped swiftly along the high road "'and presently turned up the trail toward Don Carlos's house. "'They went at this business as they would have gone about capturing a desperado. "'As they struck the driveway, they scattered to left and right, "'tearing up Doña Catalina's flower-beds "'and sending chickens squawking out of the way, "'and so surrounded the house "'in almost an instant of time. "'Don Carlos had been sitting on the veranda "'in his accustomed place, half in a doze, "'and he did not notice the advance of the troopers "'until he heard the beating of their horses' hoofs. "'He got to his feet in alarm, "'wondering whether Signor Zorro was in the vicinity again, "'and the soldiers after him. Three dismounted in a cloud of dust before the steps, "'and the sergeant who commanded them made his way forward.' "'slapping the dust from his uniform. "'You are Don Carlos Polito?' "'he asked in a loud voice. "'I have that honor, senor. "'I have ordered to place you under military arrest.' "'Arrest?' Don Carlos cried. "'Who gave you such orders?' "'His Excellency, the Governor. "'He is now in Reina de los Angeles, senor. "'And the charge. "'Treason, and aiding the enemies of the state.' "'Preposterous!' Don Carlos cried. I am accused of treason, when, though the victim of oppression, I have withheld my hand against those in power? What are the particulars of the charges? You will have to ask the magistrado that, senor. I know nothing of the matter except that I am to arrest you. You wish me to accompany you? I demanded, senor. I am a man of blood, a caballero. I have my orders. So I cannot be trusted to appear at my place of trial? "'but perhaps the hearing is to be held immediately. "'So much the better, for all the quicker can I clear myself. "'We go to the Presidio?' "'I go to the Presidio when this work is done. "'You go to Carcel,' the sergeant said. "'To Carcel?' Don Carlos screeched. "'You would dare? "'You would throw a caballero in the filthy jail? "'You would place him where they keep insubordinate natives and common felons? "'I have my orders, senor.' "'You are prepared to accompany us at once.' 
"'I must give my superintendent instructions "'regarding the management of the hacienda. "'I'll go along with you, senor.' "'Don Carlos's face flamed purple. "'His hands clenched as he regarded the sergeant. "'Am I to be insulted with every word?' he cried. "'Do you think I would run away like a criminal?' "'I have my orders, senor,' the sergeant said. "'At least may I break this news to my wife and daughter "'without an outsider being at my shoulder?' "'Your wife is Doña Catalina Pulido?' "'Certainly. "'I am ordered to arrest her also, senor.' "'Scum!' Don Carlos cried. "'You would put hands on a lady? "'You would remove her from her house?' "'It is my orders. "'She, too, is charged with treason "'and with aiding the enemies of the state.' "'By the saints! "'It is too much. "'I shall fight against you and your men "'as long as there is breath in my body. "'And that will not be prolonged, Don Carlos, "'if you attempt to give battle.' "'I am but carrying out my orders.' "'My beloved wife placed under arrest like a native wench? "'And on such a charge? "'What are you to do with her, Sergeant?' "'She goes to Carcel.' "'My wife? "'In that foul place? "'Is there no justice in the land? "'She is a tender lady of noble blood.' "'Enough of this, Signor. "'My orders are my orders, "'and I carry them out as instructed. "'I am a soldier, and I obey.' Now Doña Catalina came running to the veranda, for she had been listening to the conversation just inside the door. Her face was white, but there was a look of pride in it. She feared Don Carlos might make an attack on the soldier, and she feared he would be wounded or slain if he did, and knew that at least it could only double the charge held against him. "'You have heard?' Don Carlos asked. "'I have heard, my husband. It is but more persecution.' "'I am too proud to argue the point with these common soldiers "'who are but doing as they've been commanded. "'A Polito can be a Polito, my husband, "'even in a foul carcel. "'But the shame of it!' Don Carlos cried. "'What does it all mean? "'Where will it all end? "'And our daughter will be here alone with the servants? "'We have no relatives, no friends?' "'Your daughter is Senorita Lolita Polito?' "'The sergeant asked. "'Then do not grieve, senor, "'for you will not be separated.' "'I have an order for the rest of your daughter also.' "'The charge? "'The same, senor. "'And you? "'To Carcel. "'An innocent, high-born, gentle girl? "'My orders, senor,' said the sergeant. "'May the saints blast the man who issued them!' "'Don Carlos cried. "'They've taken my wealth and lands. "'They've heaped shame upon me and mine. "'But thank the saints. "'They cannot break our pride.' "'And then Don Carlos's head went erect,' and his eyes flashed, and he took his wife by the arm and turned about to enter the house, with the sergeant at his heels. He broke the news to Senorita Lolita, who stood as if stricken dumb for an instant, and then burst into a torrent of tears. And then the pride of the Politos came to her, and she dried her eyes and curled her pretty lips with scorn at the big sergeant, and pulled aside her skirts when he stepped near. Servants brought the careta before the door, and Don Carlos and his wife and daughter got into it, and the journey of shame to the Pueblo began. Their hearts might be bursting with grief, but not one of the Politos showed it. Their heads were held high. They looked straight ahead. They pretended not to hear the low taunts of the soldiers. They passed others who were crowded off the road by the troopers, and who looked with wonder at those in the careta, but they did not speak. Some watched in sorrow, and some grinned at their plight, according to whether those who passed were of the governor's party or of the honest folk who abhorred injustice. And so, finally, they came to the edge of the Reina de los Angeles, and there they met fresh insult, for His Excellency had determined that the Polito should be humbled to the dust, 
and he had sent some of his troopers to spread news of what was being done, and to give coins to natives and peons if they would jeer the prisoners when they arrived. For the governor wished to teach a lesson that would prevent other noble families from turning against him, and wished it to appear that the Polidos were hated by all the classes alike. At the edge of the plaza they were met by the mob. There were cruel jeers and jests, some of which no innocent senorita should have heard. Don Carlos's face was red with wrath, and there were tears in Doña Catalina's eyes, and Senorita Lolita's lips were trembling, but they gave no other sign that they heard. The drive around the plaza to the carcel was made slow purposely. At the door of the inn there was a throng of rascals who had been drinking wine at the expense of the governor, and these added to the din. One man threw mud, and it splashed on Don Carlos's breast, but he refused to notice it. He had one arm around his wife, the other around his daughter, as if to give them what protection he could, and he was looking straight ahead. There were some men of blood who witnessed the scene, yet took no part in the tumult. Some of them were as old as Don Carlos, and this thing brought to their hearts fresh, yet passive, hatred of the governor. And some were young, with the blood running hot in their veins, and they looked upon the suffering face of Doña Catalina and imagined her their own mother, and upon the lovely face of the senorita, and imagined her their sister or betrothed. And some of these men glanced at one another furtively, and though they did not speak, they were wondering the same thing, whether Signor Zorro would hear of this, and whether he would send word around for the members of the new league to gather. The Coretta stopped before the carcel, finally, the mob of jeering natives and peons surrounding it. The soldiers made some pretense of holding them back, and the sergeant dismounted and forced Don Carlos and his wife and daughter to step to the ground. Uncouth and intoxicated men jostled them as they walked up the steps to the door. More mud was thrown, and some of it spattered upon Doña Catalina's gown. But if the mob expected an outburst on the part of the aged caballero, it was disappointed. Don Carlos held his head high, ignoring those who were striving to torment him, and so led his ladies to the door. The sergeant beat against it with a heavy hilt of his sword. An aperture was opened, and in it appeared the evil, grinning face of the jailer. "'What have we here?' he demanded. Three prisoners charged with treason,' the sergeant replied. The door was thrown open. There came a last burst of jeers from the mob, and then the prisoners were inside, and the door had been closed and bolted again. The jailer led the way along an evil-smelling hall and threw open another door. "'In with you,' he directed. The three prisoners were thrust inside, and this door was closed and barred. They blinked their eyes in the semi-gloom. Gradually they made out two windows, some benches, some human derelicts sprawled against the walls. They had not even been given the courtesy of a clean, private room. Don Carlos and his wife and daughter had been thrust in with the scum of the Pueblo, with drunkards and thieves and dishonored women and insulting natives. They sat down on a bench in one corner of the room, as far from the others as possible, and then Doña Catalina and her daughter gave way to tears, and tears streamed down the face of the aged Don as he tried to comfort them. "'I would to the saints that Don Diego Vega were only my son-in-law now,' the Don breathed. His daughter pressed his arm. "'Perhaps, my father, a friend will come,' she whispered. "'Perhaps the evil man who caused this suffering will be punished.' For it seemed to the senorita that a vision of Signor Zorro had appeared before her, and she had great faith in the man to whom she had given all her love. Chapter 29 Don Diego Feels Ill one hour after Don Carlos Polito and his ladies had been incarcerated in the carcel, Don Diego Vega, dressed most fastidiously, made his way slowly on foot up the slope to the Presidio to make his call on the Excellency, 
the governor. He walked with swinging stride, gazing both to right and left, as if at the hills in the distance, and once he stopped to observe a blossom that bloomed beside the path. His rapier was at his side, his most fashionable one with its jeweled hilt, and in his right hand he carried a handkerchief of flimsy lace, which he wafted this way and that like a dandy, and now and then touched it to the tip of his nose. He bowed ceremoniously to two or three caballeros who passed him, but spoke to none beyond the necessary words of greeting, and they did not seek conversation with him, for, remembering that they had thought Don Diego Vega was courting the daughter of Don Carlos, they wondered how he would take the matter of her imprisonment along with her father and mother. They did not care to discuss the matter, for their own feelings were high, and they feared they might be betrayed into utterances that might be termed treasonable. Don Diego came to the front door of the Presidio, and the sergeant in charge called the soldiers to attention, giving Vega the salute due his station in life. Don Diego answered it with a wave of his hand and a smile, and went on to the Comandante's office, where the governor was receiving such caballeros as cared to call and express their loyalty. He greeted His Excellency with carefully chosen words, bowed over his hand, and then took the chair the governor was kind enough to indicate. Don Diego Vega, the governor said. "'I am doubly glad that you have called upon me today, "'for in these times a man who holds high office would know his friends. "'I should have called sooner, "'but I was away from my house at the time you arrived,' Don Diego said. "'Do you contemplate remaining long in Reina de los Angeles, Excellency? "'Until this highwayman, known as Signor Zorro, is either slain or taken,' the governor said. "'By the saint! Am I never to hear the last of that rogue?' Don Diego cried. "'I have heard of nothing else for these many days.' I go to spend an evening with a fray, and in comes a crowd of soldiers chasing the Signor Zorro. I repair to the hacienda of my father to give me peace and quiet, and along comes a crowd of caballeros seeking news of Signor Zorro. These be turbulent times. A man whose nature inclines him to music and the poets has no right to exist in the present age. It desolates me that you've been annoyed, the governor said, laughing, but I hope to have the fellow soon and so put an end to that particular annoyance. Captain Ramon has sent for his big sergeant and his troopers to return. I brought an escort of twenty, and so we have ample men to run down this curse of Capistrano when next he makes his appearance. Ah, oh, let us hope it will end as it should, said Don Diego. A man in high office has many things with which to contend, the governor went on. Look at what I was forced to do this day. I am called upon to put in prison a man of good blood, "'and his lady-wife and tender daughter. "'But the state must be protected. "'I suppose you mean Don Carlos Pulido and his family?' "'I do, caballero. "'Now that it is called to my mind again, "'I must say a few words regarding that,' Don Diego said. "'I am not sure that my honor is not involved.' "'Why, caballero, how can that be? "'My father has ordered that I get me a wife "'and set up my establishment properly.' Some days ago I requested of Don Carlos Pulido permission to pay my addresses to his daughter. Ha! Ah, I understand. But you are not the betrothed of the young lady. Not yet, Excellency. Then your honor is not involved, Don Diego. That I can see. But I have been paying court to her. You may thank the saints that it has gone no further, Don Diego. Think how it would look if you were allied with this family now. As for getting you a wife... "'Come north with me to San Francisco de Assis, Caballero, "'where the senoritas are far more lovely than here in your Southland. "'Look over those of good blood, and let me know your preference, "'and I'll guarantee that the lady will listen to your suit "'and accept your hand and name. "'And I can guarantee also 
"'that she will be a lady of a loyal family "'with which it will be no shame to make a contract. "'We shall get you a wife of the proper sort, Caballero.' "'If you will pardon me, "'is it not taking stern measures "'to have Don Carlos and his ladies thrown into the carcel?' "'Don Diego asked, flicking dust from his sleeve. "'I find it necessary, senor. "'Do you think it will add to your popularity, Excellency?' "'Whether it does or not, the state must be served.' "'Men of good blood hate to see such a thing.' "'There may be murmurings,' Don Diego warned. "'I should hate to see your Excellency make a wrong step at this juncture.' "'What would you have me do?' the governor asked. "'Place Don Carlos and the ladies under arrest, if you will. "'But do not incarcerate them. It is unnecessary. "'They will not run away. "'Bring them to trial as gentlefolk should be brought to trial.' "'You are bold, Caballero. "'By the saints, am I talking too much?' "'It were better to leave these matters to the few of us "'who are trusted with attention to them,' the governor said. "'I can understand, of course, how it irks a man of good blood "'to see a don thrown into a carcel, "'and to see his ladies treated likewise. "'But in such a case as this—' "'I have not heard the nature of the case,' Don Diego said. "'Ah, perhaps you may change your mind when you learn it. "'You have been speaking of this Signor Zorro. "'What if I tell you that the highwayman is being shielded and protected and fed?' "'by Don Carlos Pulido. "'That is astonishing. "'And that the Doña Catalina is a party to the treason, "'and that the lovely Senorita has seen fit to talk treasonably "'and dip her pretty hands into a conspiracy against the state. "'That's past belief!' Don Diego cried. "'Some nights ago, Senor Zorro was at the Pulido Hacienda. "'Warning was fetched the Comandante by a native who's loyal. "'Don Carlos aided the bandit in tricking the soldiers.' "'hit him in a closet, and when Captain Ramon was there alone, "'this highwayman stepped from the closet "'and attacked him treacherously, and wounded him. "'By the saints! "'And while you were gone, and the Polidos were your house guests, Signor, "'Signor Zorro was in your house, speaking to the Signorita, "'when the Comandante walked in upon them. "'And the Signorita grasped Captain Ramon by the arm "'and annoyed him until the Signor Zorro had made good his escape. "'It is past comprehension!' "'Don Diego exclaimed. "'Captain Ramon has placed before me "'a hundred such items of suspicion. "'Can you wonder now "'that I had them placed in the carcel? "'Did I merely have them put under arrest "'the Signor Zorro would combine forces with them "'and aid them to escape? "'And your intentions, Excellency? "'I shall keep them in carcel "'while my troopers run down this highwayman. "'I shall force him to confess "'and implicate them, "'and then they shall have a trial.' "'These turbulent times!' Don Diego complained. "'As a loyal man, and I hope an admirer of mine, "'you should hope to see foes of the state confounded.' "'I do! I most certainly do! "'All real foes of the state should receive punishment.' "'I am joyed to hear you say that, Caballero,' the governor cried, "'and he reached across the table and grasped Don Diego fervently by the hand. "'There was some more talk that amounted to nothing, "'and then Don Diego took his leave.' "'for there were other men waiting to see the governor. "'After he had left the office, "'the governor looked across at Captain Ramon and smiled. "'You are right, Commandante,' he said. "'Such a man could not be a traitor. "'It would tire him too much to think treasonable thoughts. "'What a man! "'He must be enough to drive that old fire-eater "'of a father of his insane!' "'Don Diego made his way slowly down the hill, "'greeting those he passed, "'and stopping again to regard the little flowers "'that blossomed by the wayside.' At the corner of the plaza he met a young caballero who was glad to call him friend, 
"'one of the small band of men who had spent the night at Don Alejandro's hacienda. "'Ha! Don Diego! A fair day to you!' he cried, "'and then he lowered his voice and stepped nearer. "'Has by any chance the man we call leader of our League of Avengers "'sent you a message this day?' "'By the bright blue sky, no!' Don Diego said. "'Why should the man?' "'This Polito business. It seems an outrage. "'Some of us have been wondering whether our leader does not intend to take a hand in it. "'We have been anticipating a message.' "'By the saints! Oh, I trust not!' Don Diego said. "'I could not endure an adventure of any sort tonight. "'My headaches, and I fear that I'm going to have a fever. "'I shall have to see an apothecary about it. "'There are shiverings up and down my spine also. "'Is not that a symptom?' "'During the siesta hour I was bothered with a pain in my left leg just above the knee. "'It must be the weather.' "'Let us hope that it will not result seriously,' laughed his friend, "'and hurried on across the plaza. "'We'll return with Chapter 30 right after this sponsor message. "'Sick of being upsold at gyms?' My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And now Chapter 30. THE SIGN OF THE FOX An hour after dusk that night, a native sought out one of the caballeros with the intelligence that a gentleman wished to speak to him immediately, and that this gentleman was evidently wealthy, since he had given the native a coin for carrying the message, when he might just as well have given nothing more than a cuff alongside the head. Also that the mysterious gentleman would be waiting along the path that ran toward the San Gabriel Trail, and to be sure that the caballero would come, he had bade the native say that there was a fox in the neighborhood. A fox. Zorro, fox, the caballero thought, and then he ruined the native forever by giving him another coin. He went to the rendezvous immediately, and there he found Signor Zorro sitting his big horse, his face masked, the cloak wrapped around his body. You will pass the word, caballero, Signor Zorro said. I would have all men who are loyal and wish to do so meet at midnight in the little valley beyond the hill. You know the place? See, I shall be waiting. Then Signor Zorro wheeled his horse and dashed away in the darkness, and the caballero went back to the pueblo and passed the word to those men he knew could be depended upon, and urged upon them that they pass it to others of the league. One went to Don Diego's house, but was told by the dispensero that Don Diego had complained of a fever and had retired to his chamber, and had left word that he would flay alive any servant who dared enter the room unless he called. Near the hour of midnight the caballeros began slipping from the pueblo one at a time, each upon the back of his best horse and each armed with a sword and pistol. Each man had a mask that could be put over his features instantly, for that had been decided upon at Don Alejandro's hacienda, among other things. The pueblo was in darkness, save that there were lights in the tavern, where some of His Excellency's escort made merry with the local troopers. For Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez had returned with his men just before nightfall, glad to be back from a fruitless chase, and hoping that the next scent would be warmer. Those in the tavern had gone down the hill from the Presidio, some leaving their horses there without saddles or bridles on, and they had no thought of an encounter with Signor Zorro this night. The fat landlord was kept busy, for the soldiers from the north had coins in their purses and were willing to spend them. Sergeant Gonzales, 
holding the attention of the company as usual, was detailing at length what he would do to the Signor Zorro if the saints were kind enough to let him meet and grant him his blade in his hand. There were lights in the big lounging room of the Presidio, too, where few of the soldiers had retired. And there were lights in the house, where His Excellency was a guest, but the remainder of the Pueblo was in darkness, and the people slept. In the carcel there was no light at all except one candle burning in the office, where a sleepy man was on guard. The jailer was in his bed. Prisoners moaned on the hard benches in the prison room. Don Carlos Polito stood before a window, looking up at the stars, and his wife and daughter huddled on a bench beside him, unable to sleep in such surroundings. The caballeros found Signor Zorro waiting for them as, as he had said he would be, but he remained aloof, speaking scarcely a word, until all were present. "'Are all here?' he asked then. "'All except Don Diego Vega,' one replied. "'He is ill with a fever, Signor.' and all the caballeros chuckled, for they had an idea this fever was caused by cowardice. "'I take it that you know something of what is in my mind,' Signor Zorro said. "'We know what has happened to Don Carlos Polito and the ladies of his family. We know they are innocent of any treason, and were they not, they should not have been taken to the carcel and incarcerated with common felons and drunkards. Think of those gentle ladies in such surroundings. Think of it, because Don Carlos has the ill will of the governor.' "'It is the sense of the League that something be done in this matter. "'If it is not, then I will do something by myself.' "'Rescue them,' a caballero said, and the others growled their approval. "'Here was the chance for risk and adventure and an opportunity to do a good deed.' "'We must then enter the Pueblo quietly,' Señor Zorro said. "'There is no moon, and we will not be observed if we use caution. "'We will approach the carcel from the south. "'Each man will have his task to do.' Some will surround the building to give notice if any approach it. Others must be ready to beat off the soldiers if they respond to an alarm. Others will effect an entrance to the carcel with me and rescue the prisoners. It is an excellent plan, one said. That is but a small part of it. Don Carlos is a proud man, and if given time for reflection, may refuse to be rescued. We cannot allow that. Certain ones will seize him and take him from the place. Others will attend to the Doña Catalina. I will undertake to care for the senorita. Now, we have them free, and then what? He heard murmurs, but no distinct reply, and so he continued to outline the plan. All will ride to the highway just below this place, he said. At that point we shall scatter. Those who have the Doña Catalina in charge will hasten with her to the hacienda of Don Alejandro Vega, where she can be hidden if necessary, and where the governor's soldiers will hesitate before entering and seizing her. Those who have Don Carlos in charge will take the road to Pala, and at a certain point, some ten miles from this Pueblo, they will be met by two natives of understanding, who will give the sign of the fox. The natives will take Don Carlos in charge and care for him. When these things are done, each caballero will ride to his home quietly and alone, telling what story pleases him and using great caution. I shall have conducted the senorita to a safe place by that time. She shall be given into the keeping of old Fray Felipe, a man we can trust, and he will hide her if he must. Then we will watch to see what the governor does. What can he do? A caballero asked. Had them searched for, of course. We must await developments, Senor Zorro said. Are all now ready? They assured him that they were, and so he named the men for each task, and then they left the little valley and rode slowly and cautiously around the little town and approached it from the south. They heard the soldiers shouting and singing in the tavern, saw the lights in the Presidio, 
and crept toward the carcel quietly, riding two by two. In a short time it had been surrounded by quiet, determined men, and then Signor Zero and four others dismounted and went to the door of the building. Join us next week Sunday night for the Mark of Zorro, the rescue. Until then, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Stories for the Road. If you're enjoying our story, or if you enjoy other stories in 1001 Stories for the Road, your reviews, especially you Apple listeners, would be greatly appreciated at this time. Until next Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.